0: Hey guys, you are now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast.
1: I said today, we're going to talk about fasting. The whole reason this whole thing came up was we thought we were talking vision the past couple weeks, and I think it was Erica uh, and I talked about fasting and doing like a churchwide fast. And this is like the hot time of the year for every church to do it because new year, you know, new beginnings, all that stuff. And I think it's totally fine. But when I was praying about it, I felt like we would be doing everyone a disservice to do a corporate fast without ever teaching on how to fast individually first. Um, And so, and I'm not a person that's just going to jump into fads because everybody's doing it. And I'm not just going to do something half-hearted. I don't want to leave any of you to do something half-hearted because I think that's how we build bad habits. So, my goal today is to help teach each one of us about fasting what that is, what that looks like, and um, why we should do it, how we should do it, how often we should do it, um, so that we can build a discipline in our hearts, mainly to glorify the Lord and to get closer with Him. That's really the goal of fasting, is to know Him and be known by Him. Cool? Um, so, and I wrote down a whole lot of notes, which I'm never a note guy, so... We'll see how this goes. Very professional. Very professional. Uh first I wanna ask a question and you be honest. Uh how many of you fast regularly? It depends on what your definition of is. Alright, so how many of you fast weekly? How many of you fast monthly? Monthly? Probably. How many of you fast yearly? Yes, and that's totally fine. The, well, none of this is the shame. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's also I'm not fasting food. There are other things that I fast
1: Okay. Yeah, that's an important distinction because yeah, I don't know yeah.
0: I'm just <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, fast between meals, so. Oh <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. Fast for <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 I'm i <laughs> I am the chief among sinners when it comes to this. Because I've, I've fasted in pockets of my life. Meaning, I'll get really hyped up and be like, Man, I should fast. Yeah, let's do it. And then I fast, and then I'm like, Yeah, no more. It's too hard. It's too much work. And a lot of times when I've fasted before, um, instead of fasting properly, I'm sitting there just wallowing in self-pity of, Ugh, I really wish I could eat a cheeseburger. Holy crap. I just want a cheeseburger so bad. You know. And so, I'm sharing this not from a place of, you all need to fast like me because I'm really good at it. I'm not good at it. And that's why I want all of us to do this together and walk this journey together.
2: And you were even telling me, I don't know if you're going to share this later, but the guy that took a survey of his church? Yeah. Were you going to share it? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's another church I listened to a podcast from them called Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon, And um, they they took a, a... survey of their church people and it was like two percent of people fasted regularly Mm -hmm. you know it was maybe like i think it was like 75 percent that didn't fast like at all a half of that didn't even know what fasting was the other half did, just didn't practice it something along those lines what i'm trying to make a point of is that Fasting is not something we commonly practice in this modern Christian era. And so I think it would be hoove us to go back and start fasting. Behoove. You like that? Behoove. Sounds like I'm like taking the hooves off a horse. Behoove.
3: Or putting them on. Behoove
1: is taking them off. Behooved is praying for them to grow back. Yes. Anyway. Uh, I have a couple quotes I want to share with you on fasting from other church people, other Christians, and I think they're really helpful um, just to get our head kind of in the right headspace of fasting. So this is the first one. That's what I think fasting is at heart. It's an intensification of prayer. It is a physical exclamation point at the end of the sentence. We're hunger for you to come in power. So it's a cry with your body that says, I really mean it, Lord, this much how I hunger you. That's John Piper Another one is Fasting is more about replacing than it is about abstaining Replacing normal activities With focused times of prayer And feeding on the word of God This guy named Gary Rohrmeier. Never heard of him but good quote I'll steal it Uh, Another John Piper quote The birthplace of Christian fasting is homesickness for God Oh my gosh That's a good word The birthplace of Christian fasting Is homesickness for God uh, here's another one. Whenever whenever men are to pray to God concerning any great matter, it should be expedient to appoint fasting along with prayer. That's our boy John Calvin. All right. Fasting helps to express, to deepen, and to confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain the kingdom of God. And that's Andrew Murray. So... That's just a little, a couple quotes of just warming us up. We're going to go into some Bible verses to see the, the biblical basis for fasting and we'll talk more about it. So I'm going to pray real quick and then we're going to go in. Yo. Her
4: llama is behind you. Can oh, you Lord. Gosh. Oh, it's an epicus.
1: Perfect. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We honor you and we bless you. Um, I just ask that you would show us, open our eyes, open our ears to hear and see your word and your truth and uh, the power of this practice of fasting. I pray that we wouldn't become a people that use fasting to just receive our own benefit, but that we would use fasting as a way to get closer and to know you more, um, as a way to honor you and how great, how amazing, how perfect you are. So no. Um, just speak through me today, Lord. Let my words be your words. And uh, bless every person in here. In Jesus' name, everybody said...
3: Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: All right. I have one, two, three verses. or scriptures that I want people to look up. So who wants the first one? I'll take it. All right. Angels, the first one. Okay, you got Matthew 6. Thank you. Angel, you're Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4. Who's... Who's my third lucky person? Emma, you have Matthew 9, 14 through 17, and you're going to do 16 through 18.
0: Matthew, Matthew
1: 4, 6. what? 1 through 4. Chapter sixteen through 18? No, yeah. chapter 6. Oh, oh, sorry. It's like, oh, no, no not not Yeah, they
0: get
2: three verses, you get two chapters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we go to those, I'm just going to share briefly on two scriptures, even before these. So, to build a foundation... So, Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Um, obviously, this is Adam and Eve in, in the creation story. It says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land, and it was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then the man became a living creature. Um, so the word for man there is Adam, ends up being his name, how convenient. The word for ground is Adama, so it's really a play on words in Hebrew. Adam from the Adama, it's pretty fun. Um, really the biggest point I'm trying to pull out from this, and this is something we've talked about here multiple times, Cam had a whole teaching on it with the, the nefesh, the soul, the Hebrew idea of the soul, but... Uh, God created us with a physical aspect and a spiritual aspect. So he created man, Adam, from the ground, the Adama. That's the physical aspect. We are 100% physical. But then it it wasn't until the breath of life came that that body became animated. And so this really is just the biblical basis for the fact that we are 100% physical and 100% spiritual. And I share that because we've learned a lot about how our Western minds have turned spirituality into this otherworldly mental uh, escape, instead of what it was intended to be. That our even our bodies are worshiped to the Lord. Even our physical postures can be worshiped to the Lord, just as much as our our spiritual heart would bow towards the Lord. Physically, we can worship Him with our bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, So, the next verse I want to share is the the fall story. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. So, I think most of us are pretty familiar with that passage of Scripture. That's what we call the, the fall of man, the original sin. Um, but really the, the thing I want to bring up is that there was a physical and a spiritual disobedience there it wasn't one or the other, it was both the physical act was eating fruit that God said don't eat and we can think oh that's just a, just don't eat the fruit but you know there was a physical aspect to it that God said don't do this because there was also a spiritual weightiness to it when you <laughs> eat this fruit what happens? Scripture says that they were their minds would know both good and evil. Where Adam and Eve were meant to trust in the Lord to be their, their compass of good and evil. Now they took it into their own hands of what good and evil was. Right? So, And this is not to say that food is bad. Anybody who would tell you that food is bad is a heretic, a false teacher, a false prophet, and Amen. you should have nothing to do with that. Amen. Food is not bad. Amen. Because food is something that the Lord created, and it invites us to delight in. You know, one of the first things we'll do when we get to heaven is be a part of the the wedding feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there's going to be food and drink, and Jesus is going to serve us like a waiter at a table, even though we are his bride, and he's our groom. I love that story. It gets me amped. Um, But if food is bad, then heaven... Ain't what it's all cooked up to be. What I'm trying to say is, food is good. So we don't fast because we think food is bad. All right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter four. Who's got that one? Angel. All right. You said one through six, right? One through four.
0: Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The temper or the tempter came to him and said. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God.
1: Cool. Thank you. Alright. So I share this story. This story is a recreation, a replaying, retelling of the creation story. Where Adam and Eve were in the Garden of God, the Garden of Eden. Now Jesus is re-entering what is called the wilderness. It says that he's entering in to be tempted. And because he's going to be tempted, what does Jesus end up doing? He fasts. So, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's a long time to fast, right? Uh, if fasting is good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for us. That's the first point. But two... Uh, a lot of people would say that. Well, yeah. at this point, Jesus must have been like so weak at his end because he's been fasting for forty days and forty nights. No, 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 no. Problem is, Scripture says that nowhere. If you look at that verse again, it says after fasting forty days. This is verse two of Matthew four. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> No yeah. dip. Sure he was hungry. It didn't say he was weak. And actually, I believe Jesus was at the peak of his power. Because what fasting does is allows you to, to have mastery over your own desires. Because there is a human aspect to, man, in our culture, when we are hungry, what do we do? Eat. We don't think anything else. We just think it's time to eat. We gotta eat. Uh there's a lot of cultures that don't have three square meals a day. You know, we wake up at eight AM or some of us skip breakfast. I skip breakfast. Maybe it's at noon. You know, at noon your body starts telling you, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. It's because we fed it that way. Um, what I'm trying to say is that's not all the way normal, all the way around the world. There's many cultures that get one meal a day. Um But really, truly, at the the core of this idea is that God, Yahweh, is our sustainer. What does Jesus say in response to the devil when the devil tells him to turn the stones into bread? That seems so innocent. That seems like a super innocent physical thing. Jesus, just turn the stones into bread and have something to eat. But Jesus says, no. He turns down that physical invitation because he knows the spiritual implications. I don't sustain myself with food. Jesus says, man is to be sustained by every word from the mouth of God. That is challenging. Because I think, personally, if I don't eat in the day, I don't know if I trust the Lord to take care of me. Does that make sense? I'm not saying the Lord's telling us to stop eating. Like I said, what did I already say? Food is good. but, Ultimately, food is not what sustains us. God is our sustainer. And so it's a process of taking the things that are good gifts, the good pleasures, and putting them in the right priority order. Where God is made king of all in our hearts. And then his gifts, his blessings, we don't put those over him. We put him over the blessings and the gifts. Does that make sense? Everybody yeah. tracking with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, let me look at my notes and make sure I'm not uh, skipping okay. over things. Oh. oh. Um, yeah, and it's about mastering your own desires. I kind of started touching on that, but we cannot be a people that live by our own fleshly desires. Your body, not, not that it's this bad, horrible thing. But it's been, uh, let's say, it's been homeschooled in the wrong home, is how I've heard it. it, it it's a, Our body is, has sinful, it's called the flesh, a sinful uh, drive to it that wants to put things above the Lord, put things above God. And so we, as we're maturing in our faith, we practice this gift, this uh, practice of, like sanctification is something people would call it, where we're we're... Um, working out our salvation and we're putting our flesh under submission Um, and I think we need to do that even physically with something as simple as food our body should not be the one that dictates when we eat if that makes sense cool alright we're going to go to the next part Matthew chapter 6 Jonathan Broman hit me with it (laughs)
0: Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites For they disguise their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people Truly I tell you, they have their reward But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face So that when you're fasting, so that your fasting isn't obvious to others But to your Father who's in secret And your Father who sees in secret will will reward you
1: Yes, amen So, this is like one of our first... uh, teachings of Jesus on fasting. Um, I love this because, one, he just assumes that his disciples and his followers will fast. So, Jesus never commanded you must fast, but it is kind of assumed that you will fast. But, at the same time, Jesus also assumes that we're going to mess it up. And that's really comforting to me. (laughs) He says, when you fast... Don't be like those guys. You're probably going to do it at some point. But this is how you should do it. This is the better way to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much. right there, just hearing that, you can have grace and mercy on yourself to start slow. Fasting is not a sprint. It's hard. It's hard. Fasting is a marathon. You know, if you don't have, like, the faith to do a 24-hour fast, start with 12. You know, start or with food. something simple. Start start with something not food.
4: Or do two days but drink bone broth. Like, right. recently the Lord was like, hey, yeah, yeah. you know have to do cold turkey. Right. I literally, the Lord literally had to tell me how to do it because I was yep. being so hard on myself. Yes. Like, it was like, drink bone broth and cranberry. Yes. It's just going to be okay. And yes. I was like, Okay. Yeah. And I had learned how to freeze myself, but it was pretty in the end because I went to the Lord right. Being like, I can't do it. And I like, you can, just do this. And I was yeah. like, okay. There are yeah. periods where I fasted like playing video games. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah.
4: it's something that I do so often, but I shouldn't do it too often.
1: It takes from your time. Yeah. You can feel it after a while. Yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh, now I'm itching for it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. This isn't good yeah I mean that that's the biggest thing is that Jesus isn't holding fasting over our head as like you either do this or i'm never going to bless you or you're only going to that that is not the lord what he 's saying is start slow you know start somewhere and really the first thing Jesus talks about is not how to do it but the attitude in which you do it right so what does he say don't be like the Pharisees because, as we read, it says that the, the hypocrites, they disfigure their face. They want to be seen by others. So they'll go out on, I can imagine, going out on the street and they're like, they got the fake tears and all the different stuff. they wearing their rags like, Oh, woe is me! I'm obeying the Lord, but man, is it hard! Like, I, I know people have, that have done stuff like that. Not with fasting, but with other things too, with the Lord. I'm just struggling so bad, and it's not like an honest uh sharing of like i'm being vulnerable and wanting help it's a way of showing off and saying like <laughs> look at me practicing weakness look at look at me and that is the that is not what fasting's about
2: it says like uh their only reward will be the praise of people right they won't get anything from the lord because yeah. they got it from someone else yeah and we don't want
1: that exactly yeah, I think he mentions that about prayer just right yeah, before real. this. Yeah, because the hypocrites were also going out on the street corners and praying aloud on the street corners. And he's like, I tell you, they have their reward. That That's reward in itself, is being approved by man. Fasting is not something that men, that you will get re- rewarded by mankind. That's the point. If you get rewarded by mankind, that's it. That's all you're going to get. If you go around and tell everybody I'm fasting, I'm fasting, and they go, "Hey, man, good job," that's all you get. <laughs> yeah. But when you fast with the Lord, it. it, it oh, I'm sorry, pretty wrong When you fast with the Lord, it deepens your relationship with Him. It allows Him to move more freely in your life because you're willingly submitting to Him. Um, it changes the way you view the world around you and the people around you. Um, And ultimately, it makes us to look more like Christ. And that is 100% the goal, to look more like him. Um, So if you decide to start fasting for the approval of men, just stop. Go eat a cheeseburger. Try again. And try again later, because you're not ready yet. Yep. Um... Really, one of the keys to fasting is trusting that the Lord is what He says He is. One thing that will happen when we fast is it'll bring a lot of things to the surface. So, as we begin to fast, you'll start to re- recognize all the things that may control you, uh, such as lust, or greed, or bitterness, or resentment. All these things will start to come to the surface because you're hungry. And you'll probably learn that food was something that pacified you. So you didn't have to deal with those things or insulated you. Kind of
2: subconsciously.
1: Yeah, subconsciously, without knowing it. Um, But we have to trust that in fasting, the Lord is going to um, be who he says he is, which is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews chapter 6. And even in this Matthew 6 passage, it says that he is a rewarder of those who do things in secret. So. Alright. Let's hit Matthew 9. Oh, can we go back to something
2: yeah, you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Because I think when I was uh, sort of newly walking in my faith more, and people would tell me, like... It's going to be really tough. Uh-huh. Like, it's going to bring out the worst in you. Uh-huh. It would prevent me from doing things. It would actually prevent me from stepping into what I knew I was supposed to do. Right. Because I felt like I was going to be attacked from the enemy. Yeah, yeah, So it's important to know, like, yes, that stuff is going to rise to the surface, but it's also part of pruning. You're right. Like, the Lord talks about pruning. And you have to get rid of the bad stuff in order for everything else to keep growing. Like pruning a plant. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of like metaphors in the Bible that talk about pruning, okay. and how you you can tell a f- tree by its fruit. But sometimes you have to prune off the bad branches so that more good fruit can grow. Yeah. So it's like if you want to keep growing in the Lord, you have to let bad stuff come to the surface. Yeah. We're not gonna pretend we don't deal with problems. Yeah. Or like have problems. Right. We're not gonna just fake it till we make it. Like stuff needs to come to the surface. Yeah. And then we wipe it away and deal with it. Yeah. And sometimes that takes time. Yeah. But, yeah. And that but there is hope. Like the Lord has everything you need to overcome any temptation you're facing. So, you're not alone in 100%. it. So, it's so just an encouragement to keep walking forward. Right. Even when the bad stuff does come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I kind of jumped ahead of my notes, but that I have a whole section where we talk about okay. that practically, but you're exactly right. Like I wouldn't tell you to fast just because you're going to get persecuted and hated on by the devil. But I don't want you to go in a, into it unaware and think, oh, yeah, it's just not eating. Because it's way more than that, too. Right. But the reward of fasting is so great.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I promise you. Yeah. All right. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 through 17. Then the, then the
4: disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but the disciples do not yes. fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, with the patch or the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are
1: weaned. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Cool. So really, I wanted to bring this up because this is an argument a lot of people make. Well, Jesus' disciples didn't fast. you know. So why, why should we fast? And this is the answer that Jesus gives them. The disciples of John the Baptist came and asked. In Jewish history at this point in time, uh, the Pharisees and most Jewish people fasted twice a week. They fasted on Mondays and Thursdays, I think it was. Monday and Thursday was their fasting days. Um, So it was a very common practice to fast as a Jewish person. Um, And John the Baptist and his followers, they all practiced fasting because it was good and right. That's what they did. Um, So, but Jesus says, how can... What does he say? Can the wedding guests mourn or fast? Fasting and mourning is deeply connected. Can the wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Meaning, what's the point in fasting when Jesus is right there with them? In person. In person. In the flesh. Right? Uh, he does say, there will be a time here soon when the bridegroom, a.k.a. Jesus himself, will be taken away. Then, my people will fast, then my disciples will fast. So there's an aspect to fasting that is a longing, uh, a desire, uh, I've heard people call it the lovesick heart, the desperation for the Lord's presence. And not just in the uh, spiritual sense, but also the physical sense, which is, you know, the cry of our church, the reason we named our church what it is, Maranatha, which is come Lord Jesus your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we long for his return we desire his return and part of fasting is exactly that looking to the future, to his return that one day, I'm going to see him face to face and so I'm going to practice for it now so Cam, you hit it out All right, man. We love you. Mm -hmm. Have a good rest of your day. We'll uh, message in the group about game night on Friday. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. So, fasting is a lovesick heart that desires something greater than what they have right now and is willing to sacrifice pleasures and good things For a greater thing. So that's our biblical Hey Harvey. (laughs) So that that is kind of the biblical basis for fasting. Jesus said fasting was good. His disciples will fast and fasted in the the New Testament in the book of Acts. It says it multiple times. Um, Fasting is a practice that should be practiced, I think, by every everybody. Yes, exactly. And I don't don't think there's a time limit on it, a time frame on it, but my heart for me right now, where I'm at, and you can follow me if you want, but I I think I want to try to do it weekly, at least once a week. Um, Like I said, there's no scripture commanding you to go fast. So you do not have to join this journey. But I invite you to, you know. Um, And so uh, let's talk about what, what fasting looks like. So, number one, biblically speaking, to me, it seems that fasting is... 99% of the time about food and I believe that's because food is so deeply connected with every part of our being we eat food to physically stay alive right when you're sad what do you want to do sometimes eat because it helps soothe your emotions there's something spiritual about eating when we share communion together when we share a meal with people Right, exactly. It becomes an act of giving thanks. Eating food is connected with every part of our being. And so I've also fasted social media or fasted video games. And I think those those are good fasts. I think you can fast those things and receive a reward for that, if that makes sense. Because fasting can take from our time, but at the end of the day... I don't depend on video games or social media like I depend on food. You get what I'm saying? My dependence is so deeply entangled with food that sacrificing that causes me to depend on the Lord so much deeper. It's like a much higher stakes, if that makes sense. So, like I said, no pressure. Like Especially, too, if you have a medical issue where like low blood sugar, you can't fast regularly. Because your body does not respond well to fasting. Don't do it. You can fast other things and the Lord will meet you where your faith is at. Because it's based around your heart motive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you going to say Tom?
0: It's, like it's not because you don't have enough faith when you're not fasting food. Like There's a, there's a health thing to that as well. That's what I'm saying.
1: Did I say without not having faith? Yeah. I, I, I don't mean it like you're lacking faith. I mean it like if your ability is not there to be like able to physical fast. ability. Right. Like you need the nutrients because you're on a
0: diet or because you have health problems. Like right. That's not a lack of faith. Right. Right. <laughs> that's yeah, actually yeah. being more obedient and honoring to God. Yeah, it's taking no, care of you, yourself. Of yeah. So. Is, is it?
1: Unless the Lord tells you to fast. Sometimes I feel like he could break it. But that's just, like you said, I agree it's with you. It's case by like, case. Do not go... Fast responsibly. That's my my new phrase. You know, fast responsibly. Um, Number two, um, most of the time you should be drinking water while you're fasting. So, most fasts in in Scripture, they still drink water. Um, So, don't go out there and just don't eat or drink for 40 days. You'll probably drop dead. We won't see you here anymore. We, We like each one of you, so... Um no like fast food, um, and drink water lots of water. Um, I've even heard too like you were talking about drinking bone broth, or even drinking like fresh fruit juices, something like that. As you're building up your own faith to fast more, building up your ability to do so. Like, try that while you're fasting. Drinking fruit juice, you know, you're growing. You're you're building a muscle, here. So it's very practical in a lot of senses. Um, number three, fasting is a time to cease from food and to feast on the Holy Spirit. I, I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fasting is a time to cease from food and to feast on the Holy Spirit. Um, every hunger pang you feel when you're hungry, when you're fasting, let it be a reminder that I'm doing this unto the Lord. And that. Like, I I use it as a reminder to just pray. Gosh, I'm feeling so hungry right now. Or I have a thought of, man, I should eat a cheeseburger. That's when I say, okay, cool, it's working. Things are coming up, and I need to go back to my Father. And that's when I say, like, something along the lines of, like, Father, thank you so much. I don't need a cheeseburger today to sustain me. I don't need to go out and get something to eat, because I want you. You are my sustainer. Right, um, you'll probably have lots of other things come up too. But um, yeah, there's no set time for how long a fast should be. Sometimes it's a daily fast where you do like a 12 or 24 hour fast. Sometimes it's a, a you know three day fast, two day fast, five day fast, seven day fast, 21 day fast, 40 day fast. You know, don't fast longer than 40 days. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, Your body can go without food for a long time, uh, but f- I think 40 days is about the limit without food. And um, I think even with that,
2: like, you need to ask a doctor.
1: Yeah, even, even then, if you're going to do a 40-day fast, like, please, number one, don't go into a cold turkey because you'll get your butt kicked. But number two, like, speak you're with a right doctor. Be wise, yeah, fast, yeah. responsibly.
0: <laughs> There's also, like, a cultural aspect to it, like... Oh. Like, Jesus, when he passed for 40 days, the foods that he was eating were extremely natural. <laughs> right, sure. Like, his body, his intestines, the nutrients that he was getting were very, very right. earth-based. Yeah. Our culture today is not at all based out of, like, what comes from the ground. Right, like, right. And so we built a... It's yeah, a lot... Of, yeah. It is chemical-based. And so, like, we've built a dependency upon, like, the 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 unhealthy things like our bodies are built to It's like caffeine. If you drink caffeine every morning for two weeks and then you just go two days without having caffeine, like you'll get sweating, <laughs> headache. So like don't just like cut cold turkey because yeah. you probably build a lot of dependencies that could be unbeneficial to your health. And then before, so I just I talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Once again, fast responsibly. Yeah. Mr. Beast yeah. tried to do a 40-day fast, and he had to get, like, they told him he had yeah. to get blood
1: drawn yeah. every three or four days. Yeah. I love Mr. Beast. <laughs> I love Beast. <it. laughs> yeah, I watch the show alone a lot, which I love that show, but they'll go out into the, basically, it's a bunch of people go out into the middle of nowhere and have to survive as long as they can, uh... Living off the ground and living off the stuff. And there's some people that are able to hunt and get deer and different animals and stuff. And then there's people who just don't hunt. They just set up camp and they just chill in their camp. And then they don't eat for like 40 days. And it is crazy to see how small a human being can get when they don't eat for that long. So please fast responsibly. Deuces Crawfords.
2: We'll come back next Yeah, week. cool. We'll
1: keep we'll here. with
2: you guys until Hot we win. move. I like that. <laughs> Love y'all.
1: All right, guys. See you later. So, um, next point. Corporate fasts are biblical. There's nothing wrong with a corporate fast. The, uh, there, there is a different mindset that I think goes into a corporate fast versus a personal fast. Because I think the individual fast is a practice of discipline for our own being. It's, you know, not every time, every week are we going to fast to the Lord and say, like, I'm fasting for a specific reason, Lord, because I need to hear your voice. So I'm fasting for that. A lot of times it's more just saying, I'm fasting to honor you today. Corporate fasts, however, are uh, very beneficial when it comes to seeking the prosperity of the nation, of the people around you, of a group, um, of a deeper move of God. It's, uh, there, there's plenty of results from corporate fasts where they work. Um, the Old Testament's full of corporate fasts. A lot of times the, uh, the Israelites were called to fast before going into battles. And Esther was a big story where Esther, uh, you know, called on the nation to fast. I think, I can't remember if it was three days or, I, I can't remember. It was a few days. Yeah. yeah. It was the whole nation to fast basically to pray for like the the Lord to move on their behalf, for her to go in front of the King and make her request. Um, there's also in Leviticus talks about the uh, the practice or the atonement sacrifice that the Jews were supposed to practice each year. Um, I think it's Leviticus 16, um, but talks about the uh, that that the whole nation was called to fast for a whole day, and the purpose of the fast was so that each person would humble themselves before the Lord. The fast, uh, the Day of Atonement, wouldn't work unless the people humbled themselves. It was required that when they fasted, they would humble themselves before the Lord, and then he would atone for their sins using whatever the sacrifice was. I think it was a goat, scapegoat. So, um, if you're interested, you should read that. But basically what I'm saying is corporate fasts are good. Um, They are different from individual fasts. Um, So... um, And then one other thing I have written here is fasting can yield many fruits. You can get better direction, uh, stronger vision, Um, you can be given more power and authority, um, answers to prayers, lots of things. Um, But we have to remember that the fruit is not what we're after. Ultimately. We love fruit. I'm a fruit person. If something, if I... Get fruit, I'm going to eat the fruit from the Lord. Like, that's good. But what I want is the Lord. I want Him more than anything. And then He'll give me what I need. And that's the whole heart process or heart motive of fasting. Um, while we're talking about this, let's talk about the attitude we should have going into fasting. Um, fasting is a practice where we willingly enter into weakness. We willingly enter into um, uh, lowliness, humility, um, so that we can see the Lord's strength. Although I am weak, He's made strong. In my weakness, He's made stronger. Right. So when we fast, we're willingly saying, "God, I'm I'm weak. I can't do this without you." And this is where the church is overcorrected in some ways because we teach a lot of good things about identity, like you know you're worthy. Jesus said you were worthy of the sacrifice that he made to come and die for your sins. That's 100% true. But what it's done in a lot of ways is taught people that they don't have to do anything anymore. Like they can stop right where they're at. And I, while I'm saying that, it, it's true, but I don't want to just just get by. There's, there's a dullness to that kind of spiritual life where I just say, yeah, Lord, count me worthy? I'll just sit back and wait until we go out there. If that's what you want, then do it. But um, I want more. I want my life to be a complete reflection of him. I want to look just like Christ. And so in a lot of ways, I'm going to enter into this weakness. And though he calls me worthy, I'm also going to recognize that I am weak. I am nothing. I am insignificant. Let your you be strong in my life. Let your light shine so forth before men. Yeah, go ahead.
4: To that like, Yeah. Why you talking? It's like all I can think of is like the true definition of worship, which is to be made low so that God is raised up. Exactly. And when you said you're like walking into fasting with humility, mm-hmm. knowing that you will be made low, in turn becomes a huge act of worship. Yeah. Which is like. Really
1: cool. Yeah, it's huge. It's so big. Um, that I mean, that's really what prayer is. Yeah. It, worship is so <laughs> intertwined with all of this. Yeah. That yeah, it's. So good. Um, but this is a way we worship the Lord. It's recognizing His greatness and not just worshiping Him with song.
3: Yeah. This is a practice of worshiping
1: with our bodies. Yeah. You know? Um oh, it's so good. Um is not a place for self-pity, but a chance to honor our Father's strength and our own weakness. Um oftentimes fasting will lead you to a place of repentance. And mourning and lament. No, 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 no. Because we're entering into humility, we start to have that heart where, like David, where he says, Search me, O Lord. Know me. Like, if there's anything evil in me, let it come to the surface. And so, a lot of times in our time of fasting, rather than just like getting things, the Lord is working a work of repentance in our hearts, giving us the grace and the ability to see. The things that control us, you know, the addictions, the fears, the the doubts, all of those things. I remember, um, I think it was last year, um, I was starting, I felt like the Lord really challenged me to spend more time with him in the mornings before I went to work for a season. And so I started doing it. And I remember, like, sitting down and opening up my Bible. Actually, no, 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 because the Lord asked me not to read my Bible. He asked me not to listen to worship. He asked me to just sit in solitude with him. And that was so hard. (laughs) Because as soon as I sat down, one, I'm just tired because I'm getting up early. But two, I start having thoughts of, am I even hearing from him? Do I even hear his voice? Then I'm like, he's not even listening to me. And then four, I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I should be reading my Bible. I'm being too hard on myself. And then five, I should probably be worshiping right now. Shouldn't I be doing something? My mind is racing. I'm telling you, like, thoughts are... All over the place. And what the Lord started sharing with me is, like, this is why I want you to sit in my presence. Because you are troubled with so many things. And I want to be the one that you bring those things to. I want you to relax with me. This is when the Lord was teaching me how to come out of a lot of the anxiety that I've struggled with. And I'm still struggling with lots of anxiety. Let me tell you. But I'm learning how to put it on Him. And so... uh this is no different with fasting. When you fast, you're going to become aware of things. It's going to be really hard at times, uh, but the, when the things come up, that's really good. You should rejoice in that. That you know, oh my gosh, I'm having doubts. There's when I see that doubts are coming up out of my heart. That means okay, God's doing the work. He's pulling the doubt up, and He's faithful to give me grace to believe. For every fear that I have, He's faithful to give me boldness and courage to overcome. And so, but that stuff has to start coming out, right? So that's part of the process of fasting: is repentance, lament, um, mourning, all those things. Um, our culture doesn't really like this, even church culture. Um, we don't like to admit weakness, um, even though we do talk a lot more about mental health and stuff like that. I find that most of the time it's all talk. A lot of people talk about mental health and wanting to be real and vulnerable, but don't practice it. Or they think they do, but they're using it in a protective way. They're transparent and not vulnerable, right? They tell you what's going on, but they don't want any help with it. I'm dealing with it on my own.
2: Or just staying kind of like in the awareness place. Exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. They're aware
2: of what's going on, but, and they identify with right. it. Right but don't know that they can move on and
1: grow. Exactly. And in a lot of ways, that is spiritual pride. Saying, I can take care of myself. I will get myself fixed. And this is another place where God wants to break us of our pride. He wants us to be humble before him. He already knows all the things you struggle with. Why would we hide it from him? We've already read the story where Adam and Eve are in the garden <laughs> he's like, Where are you? And they're like, I don't know." He says, like, Where are you? Oh yeah, we heard you. We were just we were just chilling. You know, they don't want to tell him what was going on. God already knew. When he asked that question, he knew he was giving them a chance to come clean. To come talk to him. To enter back into his arms of love and care so that he could like embrace them with that. But Pride took over. And they said, ah, we figured we would hide from you. What a deceptive thought to think you can hide from the Lord. Um, so it's contrary to our culture. Um, as much as we want to talk about being lily, most people are not willing to admit that they're weak. Or even if you're working in ministries, they... I. I I know a lot of people that would say like, "I know the Lord's voice. I hear Him really well. I, I, my plate is full. My cup is overflowing. All this stuff," but in reality, they're broken. They have an empty cup, and they're portraying an image of themselves because that's what they're supposed to do. And the Lord is not trying to just uh, expose to hurt you or to tear you apart. And he's not a vengeful God. He wants to expose. He wants to pull those things out so that he can put good things in. Right, So that you can live a life that's full. Overflowing. Press down, shaking together. <laughs> um, so, Richard Foster wrote this book called Celebration of Discipline. It's like one of my favorite books. Um, but he talks about fasting, and he says fasting will bring to the surface all those things which control us. And uh, there's another guy, Dallas Willard. He says that fasting will prove humiliating to us as we discover how much of our peace depends upon the pleasures of eating. It may also bring to mind how we use food pleasures to deal with the discomforts caused in our bodies by faithless and unwise living and attitudes. Fasting will show us how sneaky and cunning our body is in getting its own way against our strongest resolve. Who hey, was that about? Dallas Willard.
4: That's actually really really good because I know like there's so many tendencies we probably become numb to and like what I guess you could call it, toxic eating habits that yeah. become so normal. Oh yeah. And then once you like stop, you're like gosh that does make me make me feel sick yeah. or like it's bad for me like xyz of like ways where you kind of just go into the motions of what is normal but is what is like essentially like harmful harmful right yeah that's really good
1: yeah yeah right. so yeah that quote wrecked me when I heard it I, was, I shared it with Mo and she, we both were like darn that's <laughs> so good um so uh with all this I want to encourage you that fasting um, is a way to mature it's a way to grow deeper with the Lord it's a way to hear his voice better like there's so many good things about fasting I know I've been kind of heavy handed about like all the things that are going to come up but trust me like I think I think if we can fast regularly we'll stop having a lot of those doubts that we have Um, really interestingly enough if you struggle with sexual sin lust pornography any of that stuff I guarantee you when you start to conquer your body's uh, appetites for food you'll find it a lot easier to conquer sexual sin they're deeply intertwined deeply and so um I encourage you with that like this is a practice where we we get to be back in control and when we take control we relinquish it to the lord but we take control away from our 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 flesh and the enemy so um and i want for us to like i I heard it in a podcast this week that i thought was it just like it's like my heart um Is that like there's a lot of times when we come to the Lord, when we're spending quiet time with Him, we come with our plate and we just bring it to Him, and a lot of times He'll fill it with a feast, you know, lots of food. You know, we'll be reading scripture and we'll read something and we'll go, dang, that's crazy, and it's like exactly what I need to hear. Or He'll speak a word to you of like, son, I love you, daughter, I love you, and just speak exactly what you need to hear, and you walk away with your plate full. And when I walk away, I'm like, thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. And then there's other times when I come to the Lord, and I'm like, here's my plate. I need to hear from you. And I leave that place with an empty plate. And I want us to view those. I want me. This is my personal wish, but I want this for all of us. That even in the times that we have an empty plate from the Lord, that we walk away with the same gratitude.
3: That
1: we walk away saying, Thank you, Lord, because right now you didn't put any food on my plate, but that means you're just preparing a bigger feast for me for the next time. Because you are a God who diligently rewards those who seek him. You are a God that promised that if I knock, you're going to answer. You are a God that hears me, that's with me, that loves me, that wants to be one with me. You are not going to leave me empty. And even though my head might be spinning, hand, he's not real, you know, isn't that funny that that's the first thought that comes to our mind? <laughs> it's like either he's not real or I'm not listening, you know. And there's a persistence to fasting that the Lord honors. Um, so that is pretty much all I have. I'm like I said, if if y'all want to go on this journey together, we can do it. I, I personally am going to try to fast weekly. And I'm not saying that to say, look at how good I am. You know, that's a, this isn't false pride. I'm going to be honest about when I fast. But I'm not going to go around telling everybody when I'm fasting. Um, but I, I, the early church fasted two days a week. <laughs> they fasted on, I think it was Wednesday and Friday. Because they said, don't fast on the same day as the heathens. The Jewish people. So they specifically fasted on different days. Um, But like, I'm going to try to fast weekly to start off. And I'm going to do, Angel makes fun of me for this, but lunch to lunch. Meaning, I'll fast, I'll eat lunch one day, and then I'll fast from that lunch to the next day lunch. 12 to 12. So I still get two meals meals in that day. So like Monday morning, I eat breakfast, and then I eat lunch, and then I don't eat until Tuesday at lunch. It's 24 hours. Yeah, part of that I'm sleeping, but you know what? I'm building habits. I'm building up my ability, building up my faith to trust Him more.
0: Well, if it's 24-hour fast, either way you're going to sleep.
1: Right. Exactly. So
0: whoever judges you. And then yeah. what do you do at the end of that 24 hours? You
1: fast. Yeah. And do you do it again? probably the next week. And, then, and really, I'm just going to depend on, it's going to depend on uh, how I am hearing from the Lord, like what he's inviting me into. If I feel like he's like, hey man, you want to try a three-day fast? And you'd be like, no, but yeah. You know? Uh,
2: it's just like with running. Like you don't start running five miles just out of the blue. Or maybe you do and you screw yourself over. But like, you build up your endurance. Yeah. And then your times get better and then you get stronger and then you go for longer distances. Yeah, yeah. Isn't? it really is like a a sprint
1: yeah yeah and that's the other thing too i've seen a lot of people struggle with this because they they're like i'm waiting on the lord to tell me when to fast and i think that's wrong i don't think it's wrong to wait and hear from the lord right but like the lord never commanded us to fast in the first place fasting is a response of our own heart towards him it's like worship It'd be like the Lord asking us to give extra, you know, all this time. like, or, I I don't know. The Lord desires you to give freely of your own heart to him. That's why he gave us free will. Free will? Right. Free willy. He desires for us to give willingly. I brought the story up last week, but David, when they bring the tabernacle back into Jerusalem after it's been gone for so many years... The priests sacrifice the, the animals in front that, you know, cover the bases, right? It, it pays the debt. But then David is so stoked about it that he's like, "Slaughters well, more! Oh, God!" He's sacrificing more and more animals to the Lord because he's overjoyed. He's full of gratitude and thanks, saying, God, thank you for this gift of your presence, the tabernacle, coming back into our midst. And so, um, I would just encourage you, you know, Obviously pray about when when to fast and stuff like that, but also like this is something you get to do out of your own heart towards the Lord. Like if you feel like you haven't heard from him, you say, you know what? I'm gonna go do it because I know the Lord will reward me when I do it in the right way. Um, So does anybody have any questions? Any comments or concerns? All right, that's totally fine. Um, we'll have more discussion about it as we go on. I'd love, like, no pressure, but next week we're doing the uh, potluck, and I'd love for us to, you know, talk about testimonies. If, some, if you guys fast this week, you know, let's have a testimony of it. That's not prideful. You know, I just want to hear your experience. Um, and that way we can build faith together. Um, walk this road together um, and begin practicing the way of Jesus. <clears throat> cool? Cool. All right. Can you guys
3: say
1: Okay. I'm going to pray <clears throat> and finish it out. Father, we just thank you so much for today. Thank you for the gift of fasting. It's something you don't order us to do or command us to do, but you love when we do it. It's just like when we sing our own song to you. It's just like when we give of our own hearts to you. It's a gift that we give um, where we say, Father, you are greater than all of these pleasures. You're greater than any of these other things. And we recognize that today. So I just pray for each person here that um, they would have the boldness and the courage to fast, to practice it. And not in a way of I have to do this in order for the Lord to bless me. That that thinking would just be killed. And that their thought would be, I get to do this. Look at how good my father is. And I get to show him how much I trust him. Um, Discipline is freedom. And so we just thank you. We honor you. I bless each and every person here. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. And as always, Maranatha, Come Lord Jesus.